You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Welcome back, friends. I'm joined today on Therapy Thursday with Dr. Lydia Martinez, a mental health counselor who also does Christian counseling, biblical counseling. Welcome, Dr. Lydia. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'm grateful that we can be here today. And thank you so much for inviting me again. And we are so excited to talk about the next topic, right? Absolutely. So we're in the middle of a series, Communication 101. And today's subject is speech, your words, and how you communicate verbally. Okay, so let me read from Ephesians 4. I'm going to start in verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then... We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of the teaching, by cunning and craftiness of the people in their deceitful schemings. This is important because then it tells us in verse 15, instead, so instead of being blown here and there and tossed back and forth, instead of being spiritually immature and not having the fullness of Christ, instead, we should speak the truth in love. And then we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as every part does its work. So how important when we look at this passage is speaking the truth in love. It says that that brings us maturity in every aspect of our body if we can control our speech. So why is speech so important? Why is speech so important in our communication and relationships? Oh, it's so important because we want good quality relationships. We want to make sure that when we're talking to each other, that we can show appreciation so that we can you know, convey what it is that we're feeling inside of our hearts and it's coming out in words and expressions to others. We want to make sure that not only are we doing that one way, but that if we're giving that as a gift, think of it to others, that we're also going to get the same thing back from others. Right? Right. And I think there's two kinds of people, the people that it's very easy to be loving, but struggle with being honest, honest, not as in lying, but honest with the situation, honest with the relationship and honest with yourself. And then there's the people who will tell you the truth in your face with no love, just I'm an honest person and I tell it how it is. And that there's no balance in it. Speaking the truth in love. Why is that important? Oh, well, it makes me think of little white lies. It makes me think of like, you know, when we ask our husbands, hey, honey, does this make me look fat? Wow, what a position we're putting our husbands in. Never ask that question. <laughs> yeah. But what a position to put him in, right? 
So the two kinds of people that you're talking about make me think of like a, the Cinderella princesses, you know, the flattery kind, so nice. The tone is sweet, uh, but the the actual content, the quality of the content that comes out of their voice, of their mouths, may not be absolutely true. It may sound beautifully, you know, the way that they put it together. But it, they may not actually be telling you all of the truth. Like kind of sugarcoating things. Yeah. Well, the other extreme is like no filter. Just things drop out of their mouths. Wow. Those kind of people are hard to take. But there is a balance. And, and there's every kind of communication in between. Those are two very, very extreme. So no filter and absolutely all flattery sugarcoating is neither one of those extremes are good. So how can we find a balance? Where do you think we should start, Lisa? The best and only place to start is in the Word of God, and God has a lot to say about our speech. I'm going to just throw out there a few verses for you to listen and meditate on. First of all, James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks he is religious or has a relationship with God and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart, and this person's religious religion is worthless. Psalm 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, and watch the doors of my lips. And Matthew 12 37 says, For by your words you are justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And just one last one. This is what we're instructed to do. Colossians 4 verse 6 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you might answer each person. So that seasoned with salt and always gracious. And speaking grace means be speaking what is truthful, kind, purposeful, gentle, loving, it's to build up, you know, in Proverbs 14, it says that a woman builds up her home, but she tears it down with her own hands. And I think a lot of times, I think all women struggle with this. There's not many women who don't struggle with their speech, whether it's their speech complaining about their husband, complaining <laughs> about a friend or something somebody's done to them that's hurt them. It's a struggle. I think you're right. And I think, um, I don't... I realize that being a woman is is hard to communicate. Um, even that was hard to say, but I think that we're not taught to be assertive. Part of our beauty in the world is that, and even in Spanish, there's a saying that says, mas calladita, mas bonita, right? Yes, the quieter, the, the quieter you are, the prettier you look. That's right. I, and that's... Um, it, it's hard to take when a woman is assertive. I think men have a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, I really, I think even other women have a hard time with that. But even that, there's a balance. I, it, we're not really taught to be assertive. It comes across like aggressive. Yeah. So how can women be aggressive? I mean, assertive without being aggressive. And that's that's kind of hard to swallow because we're we're taught to to look pretty, we're taught to look nice, we're taught, and part of that is the, the culture of not talking aggressively, because that's really more of a masculine thing. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we fall 
we tend to fall on either side of the lines that we discussed. So either you are the person who it's very easy to be loving and sweet and kind, but when there's conflict, you might be sweeping it under the rug, which really means hiding it in your heart. And that's why our last podcast was about checking your heart. The other side is you hold all this anger or frustration or you just think I'm a bold person and I say it how it is and you walk around injuring people and mm -hmm. saying things you shouldn't say. Yeah, and I think that um, checking your heart, our part one, is really important because our inner motivations are what are going to guide our communication. If you're not in a good place, then your talk is going to come directly yes. from that. Yes. It's going to be peppered with that. If you're in a great place, then you can hear it in people's tone of voice. You can see it in their body language. And, um, and that's tough. You know, one thing is to be able to uh, communicate your needs and be able to complain. Okay. See, for me, the fine line between the two is you're able to communicate your needs, then your needs, the assumption is that your needs will be met. Complaining means that either you have not communicated your needs well, and, or you, they, you have communicated them well, just they're not being met. So you're getting to a point where you, you're having an emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. and what happens when you emotionally react? You then I end up with regret. <laughs> yeah. And my needs are still not being met because if you cannot get somebody to hear you when you're peaceful and communicating from a place of honesty and love, you know, I would love for you to do this mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. If you If they didn't hear you then, they're not going to hear you when you're complaining and venting about it. And I think the truth and honesty, you know, the Bible says it all over the place. We're not, as women, as men, as believers, we're not called to keep those things inside. If something's bothering you, you take it to God first. You pray about it. And you ask God, is this something that I need to communicate with my friend, my spouse, my sibling, whatever it is, my family member? And if God is oppressing it on your heart and you have scripture and you really want to talk about this in a good way, it's so easy, especially for women, to talk about what we need or what we're being disappointed in or hurt with, with somebody else rather than the person who has the ability to change. So if Dr. Lydia does something that hurts me, it's easier for me to talk about that with somebody else. Oh, do you know mm -hmm. what she did? She did this. And that is such a dangerous, slippery slope that I think we're all guilty of. But... Mm -hmm. They're, we're called to grow, like that scripture says, and to mature. And so me being afraid to talk to Dr. Lydia, but knowing that talking about Dr. Lydia will cause more destruction. And I'm going to say this. In your marriage, complaining to somebody else about it and that person not redirecting you, be careful who you're complaining to, ladies. Because if it's somebody that loves God and loves you, they're going to direct you in a biblical way to pray about it. They'll pray with you and they're going to direct you back to that person. Mm -hmm. That's the way we should be handling it. And then there's the other side of the coin where I'm attacking Dr. Lydia and how dare you do that to me? And this was your motive and da, da, da. And that's not going to get anywhere because guess what? If I attack you, you're going to become defensive and you're no longer hearing what I'm saying. So what's right. the solution? 
Wow, that's a loaded question, but here we go. I think the first thing is go back to our first episode is check your heart, you know, and it's hard to talk when you're angry. It's hard to talk when you're upset. So first we have to learn how to process our own feelings. You know, we got to get through that because you don't want to talk through anger because it's just like talking. It's just like drunk driving, you know, you get behind the wheel and you've had a couple drinks. You're not going to drive the same. If you get behind the wheel and you have all, you know, all your senses and everything and you're completely alert. So you want to make sure that you are alert and sober when you're dealing with your, with communication. And you want to make sure that you have cleared your heart and you've processed this. A lot of people have long-term trauma, things that have happened to them in the past. And it's trauma is very particular because it's, it's like we try to recreate our trauma. And we almost recreate our trauma in such a way that we pick the same person over and over again in a different body. We look and place ourselves in the same situation over and over again. So sometimes we are the source of the the problem, okay? Um, So sometimes you need some trauma. How do you know that? Well, you got to get some help, get some therapy to clear clear through that. Right. Um, Part of that is just being honest with yourself. Yeah. Being honest Mm -hmm. with yourself and looking, are these cycles, are these unhealthy communication patterns, are they me? Is it me? Am I the drama? Like take a good, honest look at yourself and say, you know, these are, there's some things that I continue. It's, it's so hard to do, right? Because I always want to, we tend to look at the other people and what they're doing wrong. If they would just listen to me, the world would go better. But if we can stop and say, you know, I'm noticing that it's not working. I keep saying the same thing and I'm not being heard. Let's try something different. And part of that is saying, I think I'm being triggered by these things. I think when these things happen to me, I'm bringing in hurts from the past and holding it against instead of just sitting down and using what I've learned from Dr. Lydia, I statements. Oh, those are good. Those are very good. That's a, a really Dr. Lydia, you let me down because you weren't there for me on Thursday because I expected you to, instead of saying what you did wrong, you always do this. I'm not important to you. I'm going to say, Dr. Lydia, when, when that happened on Thursday, I felt very unsupported. I felt like I didn't matter. I felt left down, let down, Aww. I felt let down. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. Wow. I'm really sorry. It won't happen again. <laughs> That's the perfect scenario. But a lot of times it's like, well, I was busy. What can I do? So we need to be able to to have those conversations without expectations. Right. And I think that that you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself to be able to communicate that to other people, because you you can't have such a delicate relationship that it would be a make it or break it deal. If you had an argument, you have to have like strength in yourself and strengthen that relationship. And how do you build that strength in relationship that comes with time that comes with experience that comes with, um, you know, a new relationship, less than six months, you definitely can't compare that to a relationship that you've had for 28 years. Okay. Whether it be a marriage, a friendship, or even a, a, a new family member, you know, so you I think that experience has a lot to do with it. And 
it's healthy to fight. I have to tell you, it's healthy to argue. It's healthy to, because that's where the, that's where you get your needs, your boundaries set. That's where you go, oh, I really don't like it when you do this. You know, I, I feel violated when this happens. And, and maybe you argue about it. Maybe the other person is embarrassed. Maybe, um, you know, you have to also pick the right time, right place, the right mood to talk about things. You, you know, like if your husband's just now coming home from work, and he's, you don't know what kind of day he's had. You're not going to be like bombarding him with, you know, the sink needs to be fixed right now. I mean, oh, you, you know, I don't think that's going to come out very good, that kind of conversation. But you got to pick the right time and the right place. That means you got to put a lot of thought into it prior to it. What does that mean? That means you care about your relationship. You don't want to have it be a make it or break. You don't want to set it up to fail. It doesn't mean that you're going to get what you want. It means that you're at least respecting the relationship in such a way that you're planning ahead. Okay. You found the right time, the right place, the right moment uh, to be able to discuss things. And a lot of times I know that we've been talking about speech, but it has to do too with like your tone and your posture, your words. Okay. Nonverbal communication is very important. Yes. You know, if I'm, uh, smiling at you and talking to you is very different than if I have a very sour look on my face. You right. know? Um, I'm going to get a very different reaction, even if I have the same tone. So a lot of things have to come into play. And I have to be honest with you. Sometimes we have to start in prayer because we may be so emotionally charged and we're coming through that emotional channel that really God is the only one that can Relax. Help us refocus. Help us relax. Maybe point us in the right direction to learn new coping skills, either through a therapist, through a loved one, through someone, or through a, a reading, through the Bible, through a Bible study. You know, sometimes he, he just points us in the right direction so that we can come back and, and address it properly. And sometimes... We do have to stay quiet. Sometimes we do have to give it to God. Mm-hmm. And God will take care of it. I always think about Gideon, you know, and the and the 300, right? I, I really shouldn't memorize my, my verses more, but the story of Gideon and how, you know, he, he had to choose from a, a lot of people, a lot of men who were going to fight. And he kept getting reduced, reduced, and reduced. And it went down to 300. And and then they didn't even fight like we would fight. Like his way of fighting was go in the middle of the night and uh, intimidate the other army. It, it was just his way, God's way, not our way. You know, like me, I was reading that story and I was thinking, wow, uh, I think if I ended up being one of those 300, I would be very scared to go up against a a larger army of thousands. And and God always had, God had a plan, you know? So we have to trust in him. Part of our earthly relationships here is that we have to slow down and invite God. We have to slow down and invite God and allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. Yeah, I think that today's society, we're all on overdrive all the time, but we don't realize it because it's become the norm. That's why sitting in front of your Bible with your Bible open, the Bible app is great. 
but there's something about sitting in front of a, a physical Bible and touching the pages and reading the words and meditating on them, pulling them apart, memorizing them, looking up word studies, really getting to know the word that will calm you down and bring you to that center that we need, Christ center. And mm -hmm. when you feel like that, that's what we should always feel like. And so if you're feeling the opposite of that, you know that my communication might be off and exactly what you said, inviting God, Lord, I'm feeling very anxious. Would you calm my heart today? Would you be the one to bring me that peace that surpasses understanding and help my words to be your words? Right. And I think that's a good place for us to um, end for today. And I think it's a good place for us to think about how can we bring these things to God? And in the next part, we're going to talk about once you go to God, uh, what to do afterwards, how, how to approach that communication for, yes. for our better, for their better, for our relationship betterment. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope that if you don't follow us on social media, that you will go to Instagram, faithwithfriends underscore podcast, and you'll follow us and join the conversation and join part of our learning ministry as we're learning to trust God and know him better and allow that relationship to transform our relationships with others. Oh, beautifully said, Lisa. That was really nice. That's exactly what we're doing. Dr. Lydia, would you like to close us out in a quick prayer? Sure. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything you do to provide for us. And thank you how you take care of us, how you love us. And you're so patient, so patient and kind. I pray that those who are listening are able to glean from this, are able to go back and uh, make their relationships richer. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would give, give them exactly what they need to glorify you in everything that they do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening, friends. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?